Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome into Brewcast from Mesa Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi, joined by Scotty White, here with you on March 17th. Happy St. Paddy's Day, opening round of the NCAA Tournament here today. And man, what a day it was. Uh, We're with you on, obviously, Friday, March 18th. Second day of the NCAA tournament as we look ahead to the second round and looking back on the first round, survive and advance. That's the motto of March in the NCAA tournament. Michigan was able to get it done here today. Scotty White, what's going on, buddy? How are we doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Uh, it, was a, it was a stressful one today, but Michigan got the win, still dancing, and that's all that matters, so I'm feeling great. Yeah, uh, the, the win-loss, 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 win-loss crew. Yeah. Uh, Coming off a loss, they were able to gut out a, another victory, though. We, we got to say, Scotty, it looked a little bleak for a while there in the first half. It did, man. I'll tell you, Luke, there are not many times where I would get up and make a sandwich during a Michigan game. <laughs> and I made a sandwich during the Michigan game today because I, I was just that upset with what I was watching. Uh, they were down 28-13, got up to make a sandwich. When I came back, they were only down by at 10 at that point, so I was feeling a little bit better. But, yeah, it, it was not looking good for a while there. No, it was it was bad. Down double digits, obviously, uh, in the first half, it it got a little bit dicey. No question about it. They were down, uh, you know, twenty eight thirteen at one point in the first yeah. half, and, and you know, we we kind of thought maybe it was over when Colorado State pushed it to fifteen, but Michigan was able to cut it to seven at halftime, and I thought that was a big thing. And you know, you you take a look at the first half when. Frankie went to the bench for an extended period of time. That's when Michigan was at their worst here today. We came in, 
what are they going to be like without Devontae Jones? Obviously, kind of a freak thing happens in practice. He takes an elbow to the face. Apparently, he's going through concussion protocol, not available for the game here today. That's a guy who's been playing some good basketball down the stretch for you. And all of a sudden, you're turning to your true freshman. Uh, Frankie Collins, Kobe Bufkin, going to get some more minutes here today. And we didn't really know what to expect going in, right? But Frankie... You know, early on, obviously, Michigan, they they were getting some good looks. Not a lot was falling. Colorado State, my goodness, they could not miss in the opening, you know, four or five minutes of this ball game. And then Frankie went to the bench during that stretch there in the first half. And that's when Colorado State really went on a bit of a run before Michigan was able to close it up at halftime. And when he played here today, Scotty, uh, Michigan was, uh, was just a good basketball team. Yeah, dude, I could not be more pleased with this performance. I mean, your first start, and it's in the NCAA tournament, and you're a true freshman, and he puts up 14 points. I think he had six rebounds, two assists. Uh, couldn't have been more pleased than ever. I mean, the starters really just all stepped up. Musa had a bit of a rough game, but Caleb hit some huge threes. Hunter was obviously huge, as always. Uh, Brooks was one of him and Caleb Houston were about the only ones making any jump shots. Um, it was just an all around gritty win. Michigan shooting 28% from three here today and still coming away with a 12 point victory. That says a lot about the defensive performance as well. And it's been the side of the basketball that has been really frustrating because we know what they can be. You know, we, we saw it in the second half against Ohio State. We saw it for a good stretch against Indiana, and then it just ultimately fell apart, struggled a little bit early on against Colorado State, but when they're able to to focus in and clamp down defensively and finish with those defensive rebounds, this is a very good defensive team. I just don't know why they can't do it for an extended stretch, and that's the reason why they haven't won two games in a row since it feels like forever. In fact, it it didn't happen since uh, Penn State-Purdue way back when. Yeah, I mean, it, it really has been inconsistent all year long. Um, but yeah, I mean, it felt like Colorado State was hitting so many threes today. Uh, but I mean, they only shot 34% from three. They hit 12 of them because they shot 35 of them. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, I mean, that was their only offense. I mean... They're, I think their tallest, their tallest starter is 6'8". Um, I mean, you're not going to get around Hunter and Musa down low with that height. Um, so at times it felt like they couldn't miss and that their offense was on fire. But it, when you really look at it, the defense played a hell of a game. Oh, defense played incredible. I, I mean, yeah, like, like you said, they hit 12 threes, but they shot 35 of them. But it felt worse right. than that because like you were, you're focused on Roddy. For the entire game, and for the most yeah. part, they did a really good job on him. He was 5'11 yeah. from the field. He did score 13, but he was one of six from deep. But, I, you know, obviously I, I, I didn't have the scouting report on Colorado State. Uh, Deshaun Thomas uh, went absolutely bananas from deep. The guy couldn't yeah. miss, you know, went 5 of 7 there. And it was like, good Lord. It just felt like one of those games where everything was working against Michigan, and then before you know it, late in the game, I, I look up and I'm like, are they up 8 right now? Like, when did this happen? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Michigan kind of, you know, it was it was the exact opposite of what happened last game against Indiana. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'll give Colorado State some credit. They did a good job kind of making Dickinson uncomfortable, I think, guarding the three-point line. And that's why I think Thomas, he got a, a lot of good open looks. And, yeah, he, he, was, he was not missing from back there, man. I was screaming at the TV, covering the <laughs> three-point line. Um, but, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, to go from down 15 to end up winning by 12, that was very impressive and very surprising. I was I was not hopeful at point at points in the first half. Uh, I mean, and, and a huge credit to Juwan Howard and the entire coaching staff because things were bleak there at halftime, obviously. You felt good getting it to seven at the break there, yeah. but to go out and outscore Colorado State by 19 in the second half when your season is on the line, the adjustments that you got to make to be able to do that, uh, playing Frankie for extended minutes, I think was a, a major factor in this one. Obviously, he played 31 minutes here today. Um, and he was fantastic, you know, and, and you saw it on Twitter a little bit. Devontae Jones, I think it was yesterday, uh, he kind of tweeted at Frankie Collins and kind of giving him the vote of confidence that, you know, he's like, it's all right, he's got us, and like tag Frankie yeah. Collins, man. And that was an incredible performance by a true freshman to be able to go out there and handle the bright lights of the NCAA tournament to face some adversity and to have the second half and and get everyone involved. Like you mentioned, not only the, the 14 points, uh, just the two assists, but he was getting rebounds. He was running the offense. Yeah playing good defense. I mean, uh, pushing the basketball in transition. I think that was a big thing in the second half, too, right? As Michigan started oh, yeah. pushing it a little bit. Then all of a sudden, you get Caleb Houston open for a couple of threes in transition threes where he's stepping into his shots, and he knocks down three threes in the second half. And when Caleb Houston comes to the party, this is a, this is a damn good basketball team when he shows up, you know? Yeah. He, he, struggled oh, yeah. for, he struggled for a good portion of that game, but when he finds it, he finds it. Look out. Yeah, I, I saw a funny tweet. It said, um, it said, Caleb Houston at home doesn't miss on the road, always misses on neutral courts, misses for one half and makes everything in one half. And that was from during the Big Ten tournament, and, and it stayed true today. Um, and, yeah, the, the transition offense was huge in, in the second half. Um, Colorado State has one of the worst transition defenses in college basketball. Um, so it was definitely good to attack that. Um, but going, going back to Jawan, you could just tell – the body language from him, he was just staying calm the whole time. Uh, he was doing an interview at, during one of the timeouts when Michigan was struggling. Um, you could tell he was calm, keeping the players calm. And when they went down into the break, uh, it's a seven-point game, they're losing. And he's fired up, he's clapping, going out to all the players, giving them high fives. Uh, that makes a huge difference. I mean, I was watching the LSU game in the SEC tournament. And they were down three at halftime. The coaches screaming at everybody. They come out, give up like a 14-0 run at the start of the second half. And then their coach is gone after the game. They part ways. So, um, you know, that, that stuff makes a difference. And, and Juwan, Juwan, Juwan was great today. And the, the halftime adjustments were, were huge. Yeah, and a huge credit to Michigan. I mean, when you get outscored in bench points 15-4 to four as well, you don't like that. Uh, but Colorado State did outscore Michigan 15-4. to Michigan was still able to to kind of find a way with the guys that they had. And I give Juwan a lot of credit on that front as well. Outside of keeping Frankie out for extended minutes, and maybe this was a case of Juwan knew Frankie was going to have to go a majority of the second half. He wanted him to have fresh legs uh, for the reason for the extended stint there in the first half on the bench. Um, other than that, he, he went with the lineups that were working. You know, if a guy needed a breather, got in a foul trouble, he was he was okay with sending Terrence, BJ, or Kobe in there. But for the most part, he was running with the guys that were playing good basketball. And ultimately, that's that's part of the game management portion of being a head coach. Like, there's, there's a lot of preparation that goes in, obviously. You're watching a lot of film on the other team, seeing what mismatches you can exploit and everything. But at the end of the day, man, it, it's the in-game management that you have to be able to do. And Jawan did a fantastic job of it here today. Yeah, he did. And, and rolling with the starters was, was the right choice. 
outside of Musa, who struggled a little bit, um, he still had seven points. But, I mean, Caleb had 13. Hunt had 21. Frankie had 14. Brooks had 16. Um, I mean, they were they were on it today. Um, and so the players on the bench, they, they just weren't needed, really. Yeah, and that's okay. And hopefully this doesn't affect them in the Saturday game, but it doesn't matter. Like, you can't be thinking about that if you're Jawan Howard at the end of the day, right? Because right. it literally is survive and advance in this tournament. You have yeah. to do everything in your power to be able to win this game just so you get an opportunity in two days to, to get back out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, you mean, who, who knows what the next game's going to look like? For, for example, Michigan could have Devontae Jones back. Um, and at, at the time that they're playing against Colorado State, they don't even know who they're going to be up against on Saturday. Um, so yeah, I mean, you just you just do whatever it takes to get that one win and you think about the next game after the win is done. And as you mentioned, Hunter Dickinson was fantastic. We kind of knew that, though, right? Like, Colorado State didn't have anyone that could hold him at the end of the day. He went 8 to 10, 5 for 5 from the free throw line, uh, which was huge. And that's kind of a story of this game as well, right? As Michigan was able to make their free throws, got to the line for 22 attempts, made 19 of them, you know. And uh, they were able to keep Colorado State. Obviously, like you mentioned, Colorado State just doesn't really get to the free throw line. They shot, uh, you know, almost half of their shots were from outside of the arc, so they, they weren't getting to the free throw line on you. So that's how you beat a team like that because you have the size advantage. You know you're going to be able to score it down low. The three-pointer is the great equalizer in Colorado State. Use it to their advantage for a good majority of the game. But you live by that three, you die by that three. You know, yeah. at, at the end of the day, and that's kind of what happened to Colorado State. Michigan was able to chip away, chip away, chip away, and before you know it, the floodgates were opened. Yeah, I mean, we've I mean, we've we've seen that with Michigan teams in the in the past, living die from that three point line. Um, yeah, I mean, going into this game, seeing the fact that Colorado State had no one that was taller than six eight, um, I think it was pretty easy to tell that Hunt was going to have a big game. I actually saw after the game end or started that on Fanduel. Hunter's point total was at sixteen point five. If I had seen that before the game, I definitely would have thrown some money down on it. <laughs> man, uh, one area of concern though is the turnovers. Uh, though they cleaned it oh up eventually, gosh, yeah. but man, they had eight turnovers by the uh, um, under eight minute timeout TV timeout in the first half. It was yeah, that, it, it was bad for was a while. Bad. Yeah, I was I was screaming at the TV because of that. I mean, and it's not. It wasn't even that Colorado State. I mean, I'll, I'll give them some credit. They were playing good defense, but a, a lot of it was just some really, really bad mistakes on Michigan's part. Yeah, I mean, and you got to make the adjustment, right? Like, there were multiple times where they tried to get it down low, but they're trying to throw that little lob pass over the their defender. And Colorado State was was reading it. Whether or not Michigan was telegraphing the passes, whatever, you got to make the adjustment at the end of the day because they had way too many turnovers, just little stuff like that, you know, and that's what allowed Colorado State um, to, to really extend that lead. But to Michigan's credit, it, it wasn't really that way in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is they, they fixed their mistakes. Uh, I mean, the turnovers were still there, but there was a lot less. Uh, they weren't as bad either. They weren't as ugly turnovers. Um, but that that's what good teams do. If you're struggling with something during a game and you're and you're down, you find a way to fix it. Uh, um, and that's exactly what Michigan did. Um, and yeah, they, I mean, they were it was it was killing them in the first half. I mean, Colorado State wasn't scoring and for for a long stretch. Nobody was scoring. And I'm just I was continuously thinking, like, this is the chance to build a big lead. And it just wasn't happening. 
Um, and that's why when they went up 28 to 13, I, I was extremely, extremely worried because it, the, the turnovers, there was no sign of them stopping. Colorado State was starting to get hot. It was not looking good there. Um, but Michigan fixed everything they needed to fix and totally turned their performance around. As someone who had us over 63 and a half first half total, I definitely feel that. I was like, yeah. started off so good, and then all of a sudden it's like, am I going to win this? And it felt for a while yeah. that I was definitely going to lose that bet. Ultimately, uh, Michigan's able to make a little run there late to to get it over that number and ultimately get it back uh, within seven before the break. So uh, just a really impressive performance, I think, from Michigan. Uh, you know, obviously it, it didn't all go their way, but – when they faced the adversity, when they looked into the abyss, man, they, they were able to come out of it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, dude, down 15 to win by 12, I will take that any day of the week. That's massive. You, you almost feel bad for Colorado State. Yeah, you, you feel like they got kind of, as a six seed, kind of the, the, the bad end yeah. of the draw, you know, when, yeah. you, when you take into account Michigan's metrics and where they, you know, landed in overall efficiency, according to Ken Palm and everything like that. Probably not what you wanted to see if you were Colorado State, but they gave a valiant effort, right. man. I, I got to give my oh, hands yeah. off to them for sure. Yeah, that's a great season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's always a little bit weird when you see an 11 seed favorite over a six seed. Um, and, and I don't, I, I didn't see any, any big, you know, the NCAA March Madness account tweeting out, oh, upset 11 seed Michigan over six seed Colorado State. Like, I think, I think most people uh, were, were kind of expecting that one. So Michigan is now one win away from reaching the Sweet 16. Scotty White, I believe, for the fifth consecutive tournament. Yep. Um, which would be a hell of an accomplishment the way yeah. this season has gone, man. But they're going to have to at the end of the day, get over whatever this ridiculous can't win two games in a row hump is, man, because they have not won two games in a row since early February when they won February 8th and February 10th at Penn State and then home to Purdue. Ever since then, it's been 10 straight games of win-loss, 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 win-loss. I don't know. And, like, after the Indiana game, I felt like... This was like just a, a universe thing, right? Because they were up 17 yeah. in the second half. Like, man, they're going to win two games in a row. And then, no, one of the greatest comebacks we've ever seen happen with the Hoosiers. So it's like, man, I, I don't know. because And it doesn't get easy. That's for sure. This Tennessee team is legit. I think they yeah. might be a little underseeded as well, to be quite honest yep. with you, uh, as a three seed. So it's not going to be an easy game here in the second round. Uh, they absolutely thumped Longwood here today by 32. That game was never in doubt. They've won a whole mess of games in a row. Eight in a row for them. Uh, ended up winning uh, the SEC tournament. So, man, uh, I, I don't know. What, what what are we thinking here with this Kentucky team who ranks sixth in overall efficiency, according to Ken Palm? We'll give you the little breakdown here. They're 32 uh, in offensive efficiency. They're second in the country in defensive efficiency. That is the thing that scares me the most, Scotty White, because Michigan's at, at times Michigan's half-court offense looks bad. Right. Um, yeah. they, they eventually yeah. start to find it out. Maybe they get out in transition, get a couple easy buckets, get a couple of transition threes. But there are times and particularly we can, again, point to that Indiana game down the stretch of that Indiana game. Michigan's half court offense was a tragedy. 
And this mm-hmm. Tennessee team can very much make you look like that in the half court with ease. So I and this this could probably be a, a grinded out game as Michigan ranks 211th in tempo, Tennessee ranks 171st in tempo, which means this is probably going to come down to half court offenses, which does. None of none of this game, looking at the metrics, nothing really favors Michigan here against Tennessee. Yeah, this one's not going to be easy. Um, and, and I'll say this about the win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. I, I always, I just have, ever since this started, I'm thinking this trend is, has to end eventually. It's either going to be two losses in a row or it's going to be two wins in a row. Um, and maybe... I, I still feel like it just it has to end, but I mean, this is this is this is not going to be easy. Tennessee, I mean, I think that their AP ranking is a lot more telling than their seed. I thought they were going to be the t- the top two seed for sure. I mean, I have no idea how they got a three seed. Um, I I don't really see what Duke did that 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 was gave them a higher seed than Tennessee. I don't think Duke played a ranked team the last two months of the season. Um, but yeah, this uh, one thing I'll say is Michigan played Indiana, and obviously, like you said, in the Big Ten tournament, the half court offense struggled a lot at the end. But then there's that game against Indiana earlier in the season where Michigan just couldn't miss. Michigan had the same thing happening against Purdue. I think that it's it's going to take something like that where it's just some weird game where Michigan's just hitting everything. And I think I think that we need one of those, or else this one could be ugly. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing that I guess you, you kind of go and look at the rotations for Tennessee is their most frequent line. They do play about 20% of the time where their they're center, John Fulkerson, he's a 6'9 senior. So, I mean, 6'9 is no slouch, but Hunter Dickinson is going to have a bit of advantage there. Yeah. Uh, they have Juras Plavzik, uh, who is a 7-foot junior. Uh, for Tennessee that can come in there and defend. And they also have uh, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, who's a 6'10 freshman. So they do got some height, but their most frequent lineup is relatively smaller. Michigan, obviously, they like to elect to play big. They play Moose and Hunter out there at the same time quite a bit. So can Michigan defend Tennessee in that sense if they run with that lineup? That That is my biggest concern here. Because Michigan's defense at times, it's not great, you know? At at the end of the day, and Tennessee can shoot the three ball, man. They're 44th in three-point percentage at 36.5%. So, yeah, Yeah. man, there's just – Hunter Dickinson's going to have to be big. Hopefully Michigan has Devontae Jones back. I think they're going to have to play a style of basketball that they're not necessarily used to, which is I believe they're going to have to get out and get some easy buckets in transition, but – I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna take a near perfect game. Uh, I mean, like we've talked about so many times, the, the defense can be really bad at times, but it can be really good, and the offense can be really bad at times, but it can be really good. You just never know which team we're gonna get. Um, I, I hope that I hope that we get the team that played Purdue and the team that played at Indiana, um, but you just never know. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see maybe if Tennessee goes away from that smaller, more common lineup because of Michigan's size. Um, but if they if they decide to to go one on one on Hunter, then he's gonna need the game of his life. If they decide to double team him double team him, um, then the the guys shooting the threes are gonna have to make a high percentage of them. 
Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, they they got some tough guys uh, to go against. I do like the fact that their backcourt, for the most part, is not really that big. We've seen Michigan struggle at times against you know bigger backcourt teams, but uh, they they do not have a massive backcourt, but they are quick. You know, and at the end of the day as well, and they could shoot the basketball. So Michigan's going to have their hands full. I know Michigan has not been good uh, in pick and roll defense here this year. Uh, we'll see if Tennessee can utilize that a little bit for some open jumpers, and if they can, then you know, look out. Um, Tennessee, man, they're going to be one of the better teams. I feel like Michigan has played as of late. When you go down oh, the Big yeah. Ten, obviously Iowa went down here today, uh, and in uh, Iowa fashion, you know, for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I I don't really know who who is similar, you know, to Tennessee that Michigan's played here that, that we have seen, you know, at least at, in, in Big Ten play. Obviously, Michigan has played some decent teams early on. They played Arizona back on November 21st. But yeah. uh, in recent, you know, recently, I don't know if Michigan's seen a team like Tennessee. Yeah, I really don't think they have. Um, I, I think that Tennessee is – probably better than every team in the big 10. Um, and I would say that the only team that Michigan has played this year, that is maybe better than Tennessee would be Arizona. Um, and obviously Michigan was, was struggling at the beginning of the season, but we all remember how that game went. It was not pretty. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this is Michigan, Michigan just is going to have their hands full. I was, I really liked Michigan's draw on the bracket, honestly, but Tennessee as a three seed, definitely scared me as that potential uh round of 32 game and honestly in, in most of my brackets i have tennessee coming out of this region going to the final four yeah I, I believe it man because they've been playing like we said eight wins in a row their last win was to arkansas uh back on february 19th and i think michigan's gonna have to get to the free throw line i, I think that's gonna be a, a massive thing i think caleb houston is gonna have to to show up and be able to knock down some threes and you know, we'll see what the split is. If it's Frankie uh, again, I, I do have some confidence in Frankie going against the Tennessee backcourt. Oh, yeah. I think he matches up well with them, obviously, uh, Devontae as well. But Michigan playing shorthanded two games in a row, I don't think is a recipe for success because these guys logged a lot of minutes here today. And I understand mm -hmm. they're young kids. Uh, all of these games are being played in, in Indianapolis. Like, I understand that. I get it, and they get the best treatment around. But look, at the end of the day, man, it catches up with you. Your legs are your legs at the end of the day, right? I mean, Caleb Houston played 36. Eli Brooks played all 40 here tonight. Hunter played 35. Like, you just got to hope you have enough left in the tank because it's going to be an absolute rock fight and a dog fight on Saturday against Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely going to come into play. Um, and obviously, Tennessee, they, they didn't need to use as much energy to get their right. win today. You know, right. they, like you said, they won by 32. They're playing against Longwood. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly going to play a role. Um, I, I, I didn't get to watch that game um, for Tennessee, but I, I would assume that their starters did not get um, – I'm, I'm sure no one played 40 minutes, that's for sure. And here's one thing to look out for as well, according to Ken Palm. Michigan is 100th in the country uh, in turnover percentage, which is not great. Tennessee turns you over 15th best in the country. Michigan has yeah. to take care of the ball against Tennessee, man, because they are going to try and turn you over. And if you're able to and you're able to get some good shots in the half court, you know, uh, maybe you see that. But, God, this almost feels like, 2019 against Texas Tech you know like Texas Tech was yeah. an incredible defensive team but 
I mean, Tennessee is still, you know, second in the country in defensive efficiency, and Michigan just at times does not have that half-court offense. Yeah, and, and I mean, that Michigan team was a two-seed with, uh, with you know, Jordan Poole, Ignace Bragdice. I mean, that was a talented Michigan team. Um, obviously, Michigan, this Michigan team is extremely talented, but um, that was a consistent good team all year, all year long. Um, like I said, a two-seed. Um, they got blown out by Texas Tech in that game. That one was ugly. I, I really hope that I don't have to watch another game like that on Saturday. Yeah, uh, but anything could happen. You know, it also could be similar to when Michigan beat Louisville, uh, who was yep. a two seed, you know, to to win, to go on to the Sweet 16 and eventually uh, losing that game to Oregon in the Sweet 16. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, at the end of the day, survive in advance like we keep saying on the show here, and Michigan's going to play for another uh, another game and a chance at the Sweet 16 here. Yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited. Like I've said a million times on here, Michigan has the capability to beat anybody. They, they beat do. Purdue by they 24. do. Anything can happen. Um, looking at the the spread early, Tennessee coming out as a six-point favorite. I think that's pretty accurate. Yep. Um, and do, we, do we have a game time on this yet? I don't think we do. I have not seen one as of recording. Okay. Um, but, yeah, dude, I mean, I'm excited, you know. It's, it's a shot to go to the Sweet 16 to – two uh, big schools. Um, I actually really don't like Tennessee, actually. I I thought they were very overrated last year. This was before I worked for Mazenberg, so I don't think you followed me yet, but I tweeted um, about how much I disliked Tennessee a lot, and I actually would, any anytime they were playing a somewhat decent team on the road, I would bet against them, and they would usually lose. Called their 12-5 upset in, like, February. That was awesome. Um, so if Michigan knocks this Tennessee team out of the tournament, that would just be so beautiful to see for me. Well, we do have that though, too, right? Is like Michigan's had some success over uh, Tennessee. Uh, I believe it was at the, the elite eight or the sweet 16. Did you mention uh, the Jordan Morgan charge year? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that game. Uh, was that sweet 16 or elite eight? Cause they, I, I think that was sweet 16. Yeah. It had to been sweet 16. Cause that was 2014. They lost in the elite eight to Kentucky. Um, yeah. Yep. So that was that year. Uh, St. Patty's Day on the opening day of the tournament here this year, uh, back in 2011, it was a similar day that Michigan, yep. uh, Stu Douglas and company beat Bruce Pearls, Tennessee by 30. So Michigan's had some success against Tennessee in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that one was a long time ago. I think I was in, was in fifth grade for that one. I remember watching it with wow, my lunch dude. supervisor on his phone at lunch, man. Yeah, well, I was Crazy. a freshman in college, so. Yeah, time flies, <laughs> man. Time flies. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Uh, looking forward to it. Michigan, Tennessee, and, you know, at the end of the day, man, you, you, you don't want to say a whole lot, but, I mean, hey, Rick Barnes has been known to, to lose some games in the NCAA tournament that he shouldn't either, you know? Yeah, man, anything can happen. It's March. 11 seed made it to the Final Four last year and almost made it to the National Championship. Yeah. You just never know what's going to happen in March, man. Yeah, let's March, man. I mean, good Lord. Uh, what As it stands right now, uh, as of this recording, we'll see what happens. Uh, Kentucky has a one-point lead on St. Peter's. Yep. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I've uh, I've got the games up right now. I just noticed that as well. Um, I'm just, I was, I was, I was nervous this morning too, because Michigan having the first game, I mean, like if Michigan loses yeah. that game, the day's ruined, the, the, the whole first second round is ruined. Um, so now I'm just happy, man. We get to enjoy full slate of college basketball tonight. 
tomorrow, and then we'll have a great game to watch on Saturday. I was going to say, it actually turned into a blessing, though, because after that, everything was, has been gravy. Oh, yeah, dude. It's relaxing. You don't have to worry about anything. Seriously, like, all day tomorrow, tonight, you just get to sit back and watch. I mean, that's the best feeling in the world, in my opinion. It really is, man. We're going to have a great weekend. Uh, next week's Brewcast, we'll be talking about the Michigan-Tennessee game. Hopefully, we'll be looking forward to a Sweet 16 matchup. We'll see. Scotty White, where can we find you on social media? You guys can give me a follow on Twitter at Scotty White underscore. Uh, hoping to have about five more Michigan basketball games to cover this season. Um, and you can find all the work there. So, yeah, give me a follow on Twitter at right. Scotty White underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Gerdy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Follow the Brewcast Show page at Brewcast Show. And, of course, the main Mason Brew page at Maze and Brew. Please subscribe, rate, leave a review for our podcast. We, we do, you know, some hard work for you. Hopefully we provide you with some content that you enjoy. So we'd appreciate any feedback and the subscribe and uh, hopefully some five-star ratings as well as we've got some more podcasts coming up this week and next week as well. So for Scotty White, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.